Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor will be none other than the incomparable Adrian Lawrence, attorney at law, TYT contributor and author. Should be a great breakdown. Top story of the day, follow up. Not only is anti-LGBTQ pastor Jesse Lee Peterson gay, he's a predator. He may have even hit on David Pakman and he ran away and caused an accident when someone confronted him. Here's the video. Hey, Jesse Peterson, Martin Francis here, how are you? So I'm the first man in your whole career. I am the first man in your whole career that you have run from. Like the chicken song that you play. You are running from me. You're running from your from your uh, what you've been doing for 31 years. Trying to get us killed here. Jesse's so upset that he uh, tried to cross the street before he should have and caused these cars to stop and bash and bash into each other. So that's because um, I now have video proof more so than before. Tell him about your speaker with your brother's wife. Oh, that's nice. He wants me to tell them how I was sleeping with my brother's wife. That's fine. But Jesse. Why will you not speak on your homosexual behaviors? I have more video. Now, once again, no issue with the fact that Jason Lee Peterson is in fact gay. The issue is he has literally taken a position for over 30 years, has been paid money in order to represent a position antithetical to the movement of a community that he belongs to. He has animated violence against individuals who are members of the LGBTQ community. He has lived his sexual freedoms while telling the world they must be legally restricted. David Pakman, great brother, actually has gone on Jesse Lee Peterson's show. And he gave some insight into his experience with Peterson. Here it is. Um, it turns out, it appears, that the very openly homophobic anti-gay Christian pastor Jesse Lee Peterson is gay. And I'm going to talk about my experience with him, which included him being pretty handsy with me, to be perfectly honest. I wasn't sexually harassed, I didn't feel intimidated or anything. But at the time, I just wrote it off to this This guy's just a character, he's just handsy. But I'm gonna get back to that, okay? So here's the story, the Daily Beast now reporting. Allegations of manosphere pastor's gay past royal macho men. Jesse Lee Peterson has emerged as one of the right's most vocal anti-gay figures, but his one-time friends now allege that the pastor has had many same-sex relationships. There are so I'm not going to give you every claim, but there are so many stories now of people saying, I, I was involved in uh, in sexual like men saying I was involved in sexual activity with Jesse Lee Peterson. He um, uh, comes on to people aggressively in many cases. Mr. Pagman, it's even more sinister than that. You see, I actually watched the interview of every single man who had their story. Jesse Lee Peterson 
is a predator. You see, here's what he did. He took individuals who had a substance abuse problem, moved them into his home called the bond, basically a compound, a cult. And he said that he would counsel them, that God appointed him as his counselor. And as the relationship would continue, Jesse Lee Peterson would engage in these special counseling sessions that included sexual assault. It included him doing things to these other men that he called their second baptism and them being born again. He was a predator to these men who were broken. They were hurt and they were looking for salvation and they found it in this charlatan. Now, when Jesse Lee Peterson was on my program, I had no idea that he was a predator, but I would not allow him to bash gay people, black people, and women. Here's how that went. This is probably going to end up being an utter waste of my time having you on the show. Uh, do you, oh, what, what are your thoughts about You black don't know lives that, now? you may learn something. Well, we'll, we'll see, uh, Preacher. Uh, what, it's, what's about, what is it about Black Lives Matter uh, that you disagree with fundamentally? Black Lives Matter was founded by a bunch of fat, black, radical lesbians. Okay. And who All hate right, have God. A good, get this clown off my show. I appreciate you. Thank you. So the next day on his show, he decided, along with about two or three of his co hosts, all white males, uh, to bash me for roughly an hour and 30 minutes, calling me a beta male. Here's some of that. Got you. This guy is totally against white history month, right? Yeah, he had white people working for him. He's against white history month, but he supports homosexuality month and all that crap. What the? And I wonder, what was is it like for those white people who were working for him, knowing that they are working with a hater? Yeah. Just insanity, right? Mr. Rooney claims Peterson, this is the longest documented relationship. Mr. Rooney claims that Peterson approached him sexually back in 2005. He said, and I quote, next thing you know, he's ripping his clothes off, Rooney told the website. He also claims he had a 10 year sexual relationship with Peterson after the first incident, but eventually ended things when he confessed the affair to his wife. He also confessed the affair to his son. Mr. Rooney said his son believed in Jesse Lee Peterson so much that his son actually thought Jesse Lee Peterson could literally walk on water. I cannot tell this story without the backdrop of religion being at play. Why did Jesse Lee Peterson get away with this for so long? Why was he able to operate like this for 31 years? Only the industry of religion would allow something this insane to continue without somebody uncovering it. And he utilized the goodness of people. When people have faith, when people believe in something, that comes from goodness. He manipulated that part of them that believed there was something bigger than what was inside of them, that believed there was something bigger than what they were experiencing. He took that and made them victims. He was a predator, he wasn't just gay. No issue with his homosexuality, issue with his hypocrisy all day. Jesse Lee Peterson is known as the black man white conservatives and far right white white advocates love to champion. He denies the existence of white privilege, is against black people taking advantage of government programs that we pay into 
And most importantly, he cannot stand homosexuality. Also in a bizarre belief, more so than that. He said, and I quote, any woman that is climaxing is becoming a man because it's not normal for women to do that. I have to remind you, this, this guy has a combined 900,000 followers. We tried to get in touch with his PR company because we booked him before. Looks like everybody has dropped. Jesse Lee Peterson, he's been canceled all over the country for his upcoming speaking engagements. Now, who's canceling him? Insignificant white bigots. They are canceling Jesse Lee Peterson. All right, we've seen this time and time again, attorney, individuals who are proclaiming to be against a particular thing are actually what they fight against themselves. Quite fascinating, but not abnormal. No, not at all. It seems to be very common uh, and, and it's very sad, the level of self-hatred, the fact that these individuals go as far as tearing down others, also attacking other marginalized groups. You see the way that Peterson goes after women, uh, going after black people, despite him himself being black. It just seems very evident that he has so much self-hatred, but also the predatory nature of his behavior and taking advantage of people in the most vulnerable state, using religion to capitalize on that. This is uh, definitely the hallmark of not only an individual who engages, engages in self-hatred, but also engages in predatory behavior that is dangerous to our society at large. And so this is a good thing without a doubt that he has been exposed. At the same time, I think people need to open their eyes more because I understand when it comes to religion that you know you speak of Jesus being the shepherd and sheep, but we really need people not to be sheeps, but to truly open their eyes and to ask themselves if, if these prophets that they are listening to are really echoing the sentiments that uh, the leader Jesus Christ would be echoing because it seems that they are damn sure not when you look at people like Peterson. You make such a compelling point that I would like to opine on. Uh, Jesus Yahshua preached nothing according to scripture about homosexuality, but he did preach about hypocrisy. He did preach about government corruption and taking care of the poor. And it's fascinating that these individuals have ripped away the fundamental principle of love in scripture. Um, but I agree with you, uh, people have to be thoughtful. God gave us a brain before he gave us a book. So you have to be thoughtful and utilize and utilize logic sometimes because people like him will take advantage of you blindly trusting your faith leader. We've seen it, I got the rest of the story. Uh, Sesame Place character refuses to acknowledge Black children, I got more video, I got more insight, more context. Here's the video. Now that's a damn shame, right? Well, initially the company came out and said, "Oh no, 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 no. No, this was all about uh, somebody in the crowd saying something they were responding to. BS, it also happened to other parents, here it is. Yes, so it happened to children, obviously, parents reported it, posted it on social media, made complaint to the company. So let me give you the background to this. The Sesame Place theme park, 
just outside of Philadelphia is getting some serious heat after a black mother shared a video of her daughter's rejection by a park employee dressed as Rosita, a character from the long running kids show Sesame Street. The girl's mother posted on the shade her Instagram account on July 17th. In the now viral video, you can see the character high-fiving a white person just before shaking her head no to the young black girl standing directly in front of her. The whole situation left the young girls confused, justifiably, and obviously disappointed. In the caption of the video, the mom wrote, and I quote, I'm going to keep posting this because this had me hot. We were on our way out of Sesame Place and the kids wanted to stop to see these characters. This disgusting person blatantly told our kids no, then proceeded to hug the little white girl next to us. I believe the mother, I believe that's exactly what happened. When she tried to take her concerns about the situation to a manager, which is the right action. The mother was told she could not, they could not identify the person inside the costume. Do you hear that? They literally said, ah, you see that costume they're wearing? That makes it impossible for us to identify. How many damn Rosita costumes you got at Sesame Place? They're not even thoughtful about the spin. There's more spin that I'm going to expose here. Sesame Place responded to the July 17th incident, releasing a formal statement on Instagram, which they claimed the performers no gesture was not intended to ignore the girls. But instead, it was simply a response to someone in the crowd asking to hold their child for a picture, something that is prohibited. But if you watch the video, it is hard to buy that explanation. There are multiple angles of that video. And the witnesses who were there said that's bull, including the mother. There's more. Sesame Place's response in part said, we spoke to the family and extended our apologies and inviting them back for a special meet and greet opportunity with all of our characters. That's what they said. Here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, we're gonna email the parents and we're gonna say, listen, we're gonna resolve this very easily. I want you to meet all of the Sesame Street characters here, okay? What, what kind of solution is that? Now, they were lying here. They were not being honest. But Max said that did not happen, never did. They never met with the family or tried to engage. This statement is the first and only time the family heard about this offer and Sesame Place has cut off email communications, she tweeted. The entire statement is a lie. Now companies like this used to get away with making lies against families, you know why? Because the families typically, usually would not have a way to rebut it. They did not have access to a platform. They could not get on the media. They could not proclaim the truth. Well, that's different today. The reason why we know what really happened is because people went to social media and responded to the corporation. So here's another about face to show you the hypocrisy of this company. Late Monday afternoon, Sesame Workshop, which was careful to note that Sesame Place is a licensed partner weighed in. So here's, here's what they said. What these children experienced is unacceptable. 
We have been in contact with Sesame Place, our licensed park partner. And they have assured us that they will conduct bias training and a thorough review of the ways in which they engaged with families and guests. Once again, a very general, uh, this is unacceptable. Acceptable. Where's your specific apology to the specific people that you specifically offended? And you bothered not to even address the fact that this statement is contrary to the initial one. In this statement, you admit to wrongdoing. In the initial one, you said there was no malice whatsoever. It was just a no gesture to somebody else in the crowd about holding a baby. There's more. Minutes after the nonprofit posted its statement, Sesame Place Philadelphia followed up with a new pinned tweet. Now, this is the other company that's licensed. They said, and I quote, We sincerely apologize to the family for their experience in our park on Saturday. We know that it's not okay. We will conduct training for our employees so they better understand, recognize, and deliver an inclusive, equitable, and entertaining experience to our guests. That's the company that first told you that one, they didn't know who was in the costume because they couldn't identify them. And second, the issue of saying no was about holding a baby. Now this is their third on the record response, contrary to the first two. All right, we've now received a lot text and emails and posts on social media about instances like this happening in many, many places throughout the country. So this is not new, but obviously not as exposed. So we're gonna expose it. Adrian, what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's my understanding that the first mother who posted the video that she has gotten lawyered up. And that they're looking for every remedy available possible to hold Sesame Place accountable. And I think that they should. And from all the videos I've seen, I think it should also be a class action. The fact is that it seems that these characters or individuals in these characters, they know good and well what they're doing. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those little secret running behind you know, the stage in terms of everybody knows. Some people engage in the nonsense and some do not. Very much like we see with law enforcement departments or other environments that generally are predominantly white or male. and what needs to happen here is not just some training and as someone who actually provides training to companies, I can tell you that there are certain behaviors that cannot be untrained. And especially when you're looking at the most vulnerable of the population, which would be children. And seeing that you are willing to mistreat small black young children tells me that this is something deeper, more ingrained than a lack of inclusion. That this is someone or individuals who are actively okay in engaging in racist behavior. And thus there should be not necessarily training as much as termination. And I think the company knows this, which is why that they came out first with their little story. And then after the videos came out, they recognize they have to do more and yet still more must be done. But it may take a lawsuit to actually get that done. Very well said. And when I saw this story, I thought of you because I know you provide this kind of training to major companies across the country. What do you think should happen internally for these companies to not only make people feel comfortable again, uh, but to actually have a substantive impact on the culture of that employment or, or employee base. I think that they need to terminate employment. 
mm-hmm. for a number of individuals. Uh, and they also do need to have some kind of internalized review because I would not doubt again that this is something that the people behind the scenes know is going on and some people engage in it and some do not. And uh, if they make that public and make it clear and let people know that they have released those people from their employment and that they are actively engaged in DEI training regularly, I think that that could be a way in which to get the public to feel more comfortable. But the reality is that nothing's going to happen until they confront the issue. And from these dribblings of social media posts with these explanations, quote excuses, it tells me that nothing meaningful will happen. Yeah, yeah, well said. A GOP bill to make child support begin at conception is here. Let me give you the background. Let's put up the two senators sponsoring this bill. Senators Marco Rubio and Kevin Kramer, both Republicans, introduced last Wednesday a bill that would allow mothers to collect child support beginning at conception. The bill would amend the Social Security Act. I'm gonna get into that. To ensure that child support for unborn children, that's the wording, is collected and distributed under the Child Support Enforcement Program. Under the bill, mothers would be able to request child support from the month of conception onward, but would not be required to do so. There's more. Mothers would also be able to choose whether to collect child support payments retroactively through the month of conception including if paternity is only established after the birth of the child. Now, I said this, I said, listen, I don't believe that life in the sense of a person begins at conception, I don't. Now, if you do believe that, then you gotta go all the way. You have to make sure child support begins at conception. Why make it optional, make it mandatory? You have to now mandate insurance companies to insure fetuses. And you can no longer, let's say, deport an undocumented woman who's pregnant because she's carrying an American citizen. Let's go ahead and go all the way with the legislation. Eight other Republicans signed off on this, co-sponsoring the bill. Meanwhile, Representative Johnson, let's put his picture up. Mike Johnson, okay, introduced what's called partner legislation to the unborn child support Act in the House. The Unborn Child Support Act is one of multiple bills proposed by Republicans aiming to support mothers in the wake of the Supreme Court's Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization ruling, which overturned Roe v. Wade. Now, what are they doing here? Because politics can be tricky. So, on one hand, there are those who are saying, well, this is great. I'm glad they're providing more support for the mother. Okay, think about this. There are mothers who will be forced to birth a fetus, have a child, even though they didn't want to. Because these same individuals took away their right to choose. See how that works? So politically, they're doing this public relations dynamic to say, "Oh, but look at how we care about women here. That's to get you distracted from what they have done. What have they done? They have taken away a fundamental right for a woman in this entire country. Let's not forget about the 10 year old who they said should be forced to have the child of 
her molester. That's child abuse. That's not only mental child, child abuse, that's physical child abuse. By way of law, a 10 year old having her body ripped apart is sensible. That's child abuse. They're okay with it. So the same people that have authored this legislation are the same people who are okay with abusing a 10 year old girl. Don't ever forget that part, it's important. There's more. Additionally, Rubio introduced another bill, the Standing With Moms Act. You see what they're doing, it's PR here. So the Standing With Moms Act as part of the pro-life, pro-family framework. The framework includes proposals to expand the child tax credit, provide additional funding to the special supplemental nutrition program for women, infants and children, that's WIC, and make the adoption credit fully refundable among other things. They were waiting for this. You realize they could have done all of this without Roe v. Wade being overturned. You do realize that. They were waiting for this in order to bring the legislation that they're bringing now to make it seem more digestible. Um, Adrian, do you see it differently than I do? Uh, yeah, it seems that their hopeful goal is to implicitly set up uh, some kind of federal legislation that acknowledges that um, conception is the point of personhood. And so by slipping in a bill of this nature, that's essentially what it would say. And so they'd be able to get that on the federal books, um, putting it in writing in an act uh, and making it legislative as opposed to something that is uh, just a judiciary creation uh, as Roe v. Wade was. And so it gives that whole um, life beginning at personhood uh, or at conception, it gives that even more strength. Also, it's it's clear that they're also doing this as far as I'm concerned for the midterms to suggest that they didn't just want uh, Roe v. Wade overturned, but they actually intended on doing something about it. The reality is that our system has had various forms of child support authorities and yet so many largely women out there and caretakers do not get the support that they actually need in order to raise a child in our society. So. It's, it just tells me that this is all um, just fiend interest in uh, trying to really reinforce the reversal of Roe v. Wade and to codify a sense that, again, that personhood starts at conception. Yeah, and you know, I echo your sentiment. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded that these are the same individuals who routinely defund foster programs. I was a foster kid. I remember when my program got defunded. I remember when the cutoff age changed because of funding. I remember the fights that our directors would have just to do things like make sure we had food, make sure we had a trip here and there because the funding was cut. Same people, all right? We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments before I do. Let me remind everyone about the power of you, all right? From being the first to cover important stories and taking action, positive action on the ground, TYT has been at the forefront of change since our inception. You are part of that change and you can be part of that change even more. Become a member at tyt.com forward slash change. Or click the join button on YouTube. Now remember, indisputable, you can join now. We got multiple levels, let's make that happen. We'll love to connect with you 
even more. All right, here are the comments. Mickey C, the silver hat dragon. Um, JFC, the looks on those little girls' faces. On tears from eyes, she had the time to stop and hug white children, but not the time to high five black children. Yeah, that's right. Um, cognitive dissonance is a hell of a drug, says. Low key, this child support at conception thing feels like coercion or setup. Lower income communities will be hit the hardest. You're absolutely correct. And here's what will happen. Places like Georgia and Florida and Mississippi, Alabama for sure will adopt the legislation, right? Because it's an option, okay? You may have fathers who are in jail for non-payment of child support before the child is born. Okay, Candace Leo says, message Jesse. Yeah. Um, Aaron Okinos, at this point, this is the point, not his sexual orientation, but his predatory behavior and exploiting a position of trust and for being a major hypocrite. Yes, the worst of them all, by the way, a religious hypocrite. All right, okay, I got something for you. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. I can't charge my car to 100% because this white man trying to make me move because I can't charge my car to 100%. Who gives a if I want my car to 100%, you're going to sit here and charge yours to 100, right? Keep going. You're going to charge yours to 100, right? Well, I'm not looking. I'm not going to be the You're going to charge yours to 100, right? All you want. Okay, and I'm doing that. I know. You're going to charge yours to 100, right? Rolls are reversed and you're waiting. So shut the f up. I let people charge their car to 100%, then let them move. Okay. I haven't seen you around. Check your print. If I had an electric car, I would have charged it to 100%, turned it on, set my happy ass right there, took it down to 80% and charged it back up to 100. This is like getting gas at a gas station, all right? This guy literally knocked on her window and told her to move while she's charging her electric car. That's the equivalent to us going to a gas station and somebody telling you to stop filling up your tank. Uh, let's put up this Karen full mask here, all right? We have not been able to independently verify the identity of this particular Karen. Uh, but I do find it quite interesting that when she said, you're gonna charge your car up to 100, he did not deny that because that's typically the thing. All right, um, black women are not protected as they should be. This guy knew that and just went up to her and told her she needs to move, ridiculous. Ms. Lawrence, thoughts on this? No, exactly. It's a thought that we need to acquiescence. We need to, in some way, lay out the red carpet, move out of the way for white people, particularly white men. And that seems to be what it's signaling here, where that woman should be entitled to go ahead and charge her car for as long as it needs to be charged, and he needs to wait. The thought that he has to wait behind a black woman is probably quite upsetting for him, and it is for a lot of people who engage in massage noir. But the reality is that guess what? We are whole people, and we're deserving of being able to do things to say things, to set boundaries, to enjoy privileges in our society without having to be shut down or be checked in some way in this thought that how dare you. Well said.
ex-police chief preyed on a child has now been convicted. This is a horrendous story. Yes, a police chief. Let's put up both of their pictures for a mass. I got something for both of them. Former police chief in Pennsylvania may spend more than three decades behind bars for repeatedly raping and sexual assaulting a child relative of his friend. So 30 year old former chief of police, Brent Getz, to serve a sentence of 16 to 32 years in jail for the crimes that took place over many years. This is horrendous. Chief Getz was initially arrested March, 9, March 2019, along with his co-defendant in the case, Gregory Wagner, who's on the right. Gregory Wagner was Getz's best friend at the time of the assaults. Wagner, now 31, is a relative of the victim. Wagner in November of 2020 pled guilty to charges of rape and sexual exploitation of children and agreed to testify against Chief Getz at the trial. He was sentenced in April to 10 to 20 years in state prison. I'm now going to give you some background and you're going to have to gird yourself for this, all right? I am too. The complainant stated that she had been repeatedly raped orally, vaginally and anally by both her uncle Greg Wagner and co-defendant chief Brent Getz. She noted that it happened several times a week from the age of four through the age of 11, ending shortly before the report in May 2012. The complainant stated that Wagner began his assault when she was approximately four years old and Wagner will come into her bedroom and take her to his bedroom. Wagner would touch the complainant's vagina and had a four year old child perform oral sex on him. She also stated that approximately at age six, Wagner began having vaginal and anal sex with her as well. And that's when they brought in Chief Getz, who became a participant in these rapes. Getz was a friend of Wagner's who participated in the assaults when he was at Wagner's home. The rapes took place several times a month for approximately six years. The victim stated that during the assaults, Wagner would have pornography on in his room. Let me give you some background to this victim. Who will be a victor, um, is a victor because she survived them. The victim was 11 when she first told a substitute teacher that her uncle was raping her. That teacher in turn contacted Children and Youth Services. Children and Youth Services informed the Franklin Township Police who set up an interview for the girl with the Children's Advocacy Center. The girl said for a lengthy discussion with a forensic interviewer, 
According to the complaint, she said that Wagner would rub his growing on her genitals, offer her money for sex, make her watch pornography. Put up the pictures of these sick SOBs, okay? They did everything this child said they did. One is a chief of police and the other is a relative of the child, a trusted relative. The Franklin Township Police Department interviewed Wagner in 2012. See the time frame here, 2012. But when he asked for a lawyer, authorities did not interview him again for over a year. He was free to rape more. No charges were filed after an investigation according to prosecutors. According to the complaint, the two defendants continued to abuse the victim in the interim. Since no one believed her, she recorded a video at one point and sent it to another family member. She was 11. She tells a trusted authority at school. The school contacts the police. Police don't give a damn about her, rape culture. There were clear signs of abuse. They didn't bother to check. They did not bother to follow up in the investigation because they were afraid what that two white men got a lawyer. No, this was about Chief Getz being connected to law enforcement as well. In 2015, a complaint was dismissed by a district judge due to what the judge claimed was a paperwork error. You see all these failures? Charges were not refiled after that error. Things changed in 2018, however, when a member of the police force took an active interest in the investigation. The victim then 17, 17, provided the investigator with new details and the video she recorded six years prior. She held on to this for six years. By this time, Chief Getz had been appointed as the chief of police. He was in policing for many years. He was appointed chief of police at this time. He was then let go in 2019 after the charges against him were filed. They literally had years to do something. And every time the authorities who were trusted violated her trust, every time. And you can't dismiss the reality, the connection between the rape culture in this country and what happened to this child and how the authorities did not take it seriously. Even when she sent the video to a family member, did that family member take it seriously? All right, Adrian, thoughts here. It just it seems one failure after another. But this police chief is well aware of the failures of the system. And so he decided he would exploit them as well as with his buddy. And I can't imagine the trauma that they put that girl through, especially her ability to trust people going through those formative years having been violated. And it just it it really does speak to all of the brokenness of the system and who gets preyed upon the most. Also, the thing that really stood out to me is the fact that this police chief was just sentenced to these years in prison and he's 30 years old. How is it that someone was put in a position of power and yet is so young? While I don't necessarily think age is some kind of, should be a barrier in any way to opportunity. We really have to consider this because you're a police chief that considers 
that, that that's something that should come with a lot of experience and wisdom and judgment. And for this individual to have been promoted to this status and station, it really just makes me wonder about this entire community that they are in. And the, the fact that I'm sure a lot of things are going on that have not been called out in any way and that everyone's judgment should be questioned at this point. Yeah, and I know that is tough. Uh, to watch these kinds of segments. I know a lot of the viewers um, are troubled uh, by these kinds of stories. I'm troubled by them too. I'm troubled when I research them. I'm troubled when I say them, when I cover them. Uh, but our trouble is not even 1% of the trouble that this child went through. And because of the strength of this child, we have to do these stories, right? The victim deserves to be heard and justice must be allocated not only in the court of law, but also in the court of public opinion. All right, we got more on the other side, that's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Okay, let me read some of these amazing comments. Thank you all for joining us this Way as well. Shikata Ganai, Beer Dragon, the sickness of some quasi members of humanity never ceases to amaze me. Talking about the police chief and his friend that preyed upon the child. Mel Karen, Gucci Mane says, white privilege is a hell of a drug. That's right. Jacob Olson says, and thank you for that, Jacob. Was I the only one who heard the mail camera say, I haven't seen you here before? In other words, where are your freedom papers? Boom, you picked it up. You're not the only one that heard it. That's exactly what he said, right? But she should have responded, I haven't seen you here, all right? Uh, David Morris uh, talking about the ex-police chief and friend that preyed upon the child. David Morris says, I hope with all my heart that this girl can get to a better place mentally one day. Prayers and positive vibes need to be sent away. Absolutely. Thank you, C. Michael. C. Michael Henson says, I know that it is very difficult for you to bring us some of these horrific stories, but I thank you for bringing awareness to what's happening. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for saying so. Uh, Candace Leo, thank you. Welcome to Indisputable. I appreciate you. All right. Horrific laws because of Roe v. Wade being overturned, laws that say a pregnant woman cannot leave the state. Another law that says, well, you know, you can murder. Anyone who's attempting to seek an abortion, I kid you not. Let me first take you to Missouri. There's a law that pregnant women in Missouri are now barred from getting a divorce as state law does not recognize the fetus as a person. Meaning a mother has to wait until a baby is born to deal with custody rights. You read that right, Republicans who are trying to argue that fetuses are people do not recognize fetuses as people when that means that it would accidentally give a woman freedom to leave her husband. Do you hear this? There's also legislation being presented in places like Texas. By the way, Texas presented it last year. They're gonna present it again. That would make it illegal for a woman to travel outside of the state to seek an abortion in a state where it is legal, they would make that completely contrary to the law. Now remember, the Constitution gives you the right of interstate travel. It's located under the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. If they take away the right of a woman to travel by way of 
state to state, then once again, another right taken away just from women. Uh, due, to, due to the uh, Texas law um, that prohibits medical officials from cutting off life support to a pregnant woman back in 2014, Fort Worth Hospital kept a pregnant brain dead woman on life support for two months. It took a judge's order to remove her from the machines, ending her family's legal fight to have her pronounced dead. There's a proposed bill in North Carolina. Let me take it to North Carolina. They want to make it legal to murder a pregnant woman, to murder a pregnant woman who intends to get an abortion. Let's go to it. And any person who willfully, this is the wording of the bill, who willfully seeks to destroy the life of another person by any means at any stage of life or succeeds in doing so, shall be held accountable for attempted murder or for first degree murder respectively. Any person has the right, meaning any person, citizen, non-citizen, you got the right to defend his or her own life or the life of another person. Even by the use of deadly force, if necessary, from willful destruction by another person, the state has an interest and a duty to defend innocent persons from willful destruction of their lives and to punish those who take the lives of persons born or unborn who have not committed any crime punishable by death. You literally have a bill right now that has support in North Carolina that says if a woman is seeking an abortion, you have the legal right to kill, to murder the woman in the protection of the fetus. Now, I don't know if they understand how this works or not, but if you shoot and kill the pregnant woman, you're going to kill the fetus. You're going to ensure nothing is born, but that's the key. This was never about protecting life. This was never about protecting life. It's right inside of their bills. They're presenting legislation that literally says you can murder a woman legally who's pregnant. You think this is about the protection of life? There's more. Stories about desperate women who are seeking help, need it. A woman with a life-threatening ectopic pregnancy, that's when it's positioned in a particular way that's dangerous, the fetus, sought emergency care at the University of Michigan Hospital. After a doctor in a home state worried that the presence of a fetal heartbeat meant treating her might run afoul of new restrictions on abortion. In Wisconsin, a woman bled for more than 10 days from an incomplete miscarriage after emergency room staff would not remove the fetal tissue amid a confusing legal landscape that is rolled back care. Then in Texas, a hospital refused to save a woman's life until her pregnancy ruptured because the fetus still had a heartbeat. I do need to say this. There is a federal law that clearly says you can do whatever you need to do to save the life of a woman. That federal law preempts this state BS, but there's confusion among those who are not legal scholars. And I'm glad I have an attorney on the show to break some of this down. 
This is an addition to the story we reported on last week. The 10 year old who was forced to leave the state because the state she was in mandated that she birthed the fetus into a child, even though she was pregnant by molestation. Republican states rights excuse, they don't hold water. Senate Republicans blocked, they blocked a Democratic bill Thursday that would protect the rights of women to travel to other states to access abortion legally. They blocked it. The eight page bill would make it unlawful for a person or a government official to prevent or punish traveling across state lines to receive or provide reproductive health care that is legal in the state. It also will bar states from imposing laws that prohibit women from traveling to other states to get abortions. Let's put this in context. Exercising your right to choose is a medical issue. It's a medical procedure and done between you and your doctor. They're saying that they're going to arrest you for going to a state where the medical procedure is allowable. Do they do this for, let's say, marijuana, right? In Alabama, marijuana is completely illegal. Colorado, legal. If you leave Alabama to go to Colorado to smoke marijuana, when you come back to Alabama, are they going to have you arrested? No. What about gambling? Some places you can do it legally, some places you cannot. You know, there are buses that are chartered out of states where it is illegal. They go out of those states to a state where it's legal, and then they bring back their wins or losses to that state. Does anybody get arrested? No. Um, Adrian, I would like you to uh, explain you know, federal preemption. That there's a federal law that says in the protection of a pregnant woman, you can basically do whatever you need to do to save the life of the woman. Why is there this disconnect now in healthcare? Oh, it, I think it's less of a disconnect as much as motives coming um, really to the surface because we have so many members of GOP and I would actually say that it it's something that does also span uh, to other parties because we know that Republicans don't occupy the field when it comes to hating women. Uh, but I, I, I think that this is what we are seeing. We are seeing members of legislature who are unwilling to codify into law uh, various ways in which uh, largely women can exercise full autonomy over their bodies, because the reality is the sentiment in our society is that women should be vessels, women should be quiet, women should not share or stand up or fight back, that they should simply tolerate. And this thought that we need to be these vessels, it seems to be something that is really reiterated in all of the works that are going on, especially there in Missouri, where they are in the top three for domestic violence, also high up on the rate when it comes to femicide. So this thought that you're also interested Producing a bill where women can be murdered if they are pursuing an abortion. It just really shows you that the intent was never in any way to protect life, but in order to silence women and to ensure that we remain silent. Well said, all right, that's why we keep fighting. Denver police, they're shooting at a suspect. They end up shooting five bystanders while trying to shoot at one person who according to the report never shot at them. Let's go to the story, let's put the picture of the suspect up full throttle, okay? Police confirmed all injuries sustained by citizens who were not part of their target. All injuries were caused by three officers firing at a suspect 
who had a gun. That's the suspect they allege had a gun. His name is Jordan Wadi. He's 21 years of age. He was shot by officers himself as well. He's expected to survive. Police and a witness have stated that Wadi did not fire his weapon. He allegedly threw the firearm. Wadi is being held for felony menacing and possession of a weapon by a previous offender. Now, keep in mind, five people, five citizens are shot right now by the police because Mr. Wadi was menacing and was in possession of a firearm. That's all he's been charged with. What's the background of this? Around 1.30 AM, I think this was a Sunday. Around 1.30 AM, officers patrolling the bar district downtown near 20th and Larimer Streets. Notice an altercation between Wadi and two other people. An arrest affidavit released just after 8 PM on Sunday goes on to say that officers reported seeing Wadi make gestures toward his waistband as if he were armed, all right? I thought the Supreme Court said that's fine. Anyway, the officers began to follow Mr. Wadi. And at some point, officers reported the suspect pulled out a gun and pointed it at officers. The court document says officers fired and Wadi fell to the ground. Let's show the steal from witness video, all right? Now, this shows one of the female victims who suffered a thigh injury, specifically a hit artery that reportedly gushed profusely. So the cops are shooting and they're shooting up everybody else and Mr. Waddy. Um, again, five innocent bystanders uh, were shot, two men, three women suffered injuries, non-life threatening, which is a miracle. Uh, and by the way, just in case you're wondering, none of the officers on the scene shooting were injured. Denver police chief, let's put him up, Paul Pazin. That's him, person in charge. The three officers involved are currently on administrative leave, which is standard procedure. And meanwhile, investigators are working to determine whether the injuries of the five people were a direct or indirect result of the officer involved shooting, the department said in a statement. The release went on to explain that an indirect injury will come from a ricochet bullet or shrapnel. Who the hell cares? They're investigating. Think about the silliness of this damn statement. We're investigating to see if, if our cops directly shot them or maybe the bullet ricocheted off the building that they shot. That's gonna make a difference here, the hell about it here. All right, Adrian, when you look at the charges of this guy and you look at the carnage that was created and the potential reality that all five of these bystanders could be dead, is it worth aimlessly shooting at an individual when there's a crowd of people around you, typically there are protocols against this. Yeah, absolutely, it would seem to be extremely reckless with the lives of others and something that for which qualified immunity should not protect in any form or fashion. These officers, and so many of them too, using deadly force when they had not experienced or been confronted with deadly force, it just, the logic is beyond me. And it really also seems that this Mr. Wadi gentleman, the only menacing thing he was doing was being a black man. So I really want to know what is going on with this department in particular. How were they training these people? And essentially, are these citizens going to sue? Because I damn sure hope so. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's fascinating that basically 
the department is saying, well, we're investigating to see if it ricocheted. Okay, so cops are supposed to know how bullets work, <laughs> number one. So if you shoot and it did ricochet and hit somebody, you have to understand that's a possibility with a bullet. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments, I'm pressed for time. I will read as many as I can. Next T.Y.T. reporter says, the wording in that North Carolina bill sounded really vague. Makes me think they did that on purpose. Of course they did, that's right. Uh, Donald Trump's bone spurs, I love you. All who propose legal murder for abortion should be removed from office, that's insanity. It is. Alan A, I almost can't believe this is really happening. I, I know the feeling, it is happening. Uh, Bernie the Kiwi Dragon about the Denver police. Uh, stormtroopers from Star Wars have better aim than these cops. Uh, very true. Okay. Um, Fletcher817 says, wait, we can't leave the men now? That's right. All right. Nazi flyers found at churches, synagogues, white supremacists arrested, put up the mug shots. Dozens of pamphlets with hate symbols were left at a church and a synagogue as well as other areas in New York over the weekend. And three people have been arrested and charged with first degree aggravator harassment. Aubrey Dragonetti, Dylan Henry, and Ryan Mulholland each face 115 counts of the felony charge. One for each pamphlet that was allegedly placed in the community. Henry was listed as being held without bail. Dragonetti and Mulholland were arraigned and released. All right, let's get into the background of these individuals. So a flyer, let's put that flyer up for a mass, a flyer with the words. Aryan National Army was discovered by a member of the Deliverance Ministries, which has a predominantly black congregation. The pamphlet was attached to the church door Sunday morning as people were arriving for service. So you got black folks going to church and this is what they see. Police said the flyer was also left at a temple, a synagogue called Beth Ellis El Synagogue, same wording. The Aryan National Army is here and we aren't going anywhere. Well, you're going to jail, all right? They're gonna lock your ass up, you, you got incarcerated, okay? All that uh, tough man stuff. Thankfully, that local jurisdiction decided to enforce a rule, a law in the appropriate way. Police said that on June 9th and 10th, officials began investigating a number of pamphlets and stickers depicting swastikas and racial slurs that were left at the places of worship as well as other public and private properties in Hornell. Which is located about 55 miles away, excuse me, from Rochester in southern New York. A search warrant in conjunction with the New York State Police was conducted in the 130 block of River Street, which led to the arrest of those three suspects. Uh, let's start, let's go to a long time church member. All right, this is Marcina. Ms. Marcina is a long time church member and assistant minister, said in a statement. Because of all that has happened over the last few years, months, especially what happened in Buffalo, people get scared. And when you have children, young people, older people, they don't know what to think. A lot of them never experienced anything like this. I'm glad they can't be the only one, she said. 
If they are saying you are here and you're taking your America back, then there must be more than three. Hate to say it, but you're right. So we fight, we're gonna continue to fight and continue to put people who will actually fight in political office. It's really time out for the corporate Democrats and those that still would like to toe the line, wink at white supremacy, not go as hard as they should. What happened to making examples out of gang leaders? I mean, I guarantee you if this were three Crips, or three Paru blood gangsters who were passing out literature that threatened the community, somebody would have got on the microphone and said, they're gonna make an example out of these individuals. Where is that energy? Huh? We didn't elect it, <laughs> that's why it's not there. Now granted they have been charged and they have been charged in a significant way. But watch what happens, we're gonna follow the story. They're gonna end up pleading down, way down at final adjudication. Happens every time. Adrian, thoughts on this? No, there definitely is more than three. And, you know, this um, little, I guess, appeasement that law enforcement is offering, it's, it's sad. But, you know, I understand that there can be limitations when it comes to prosecuting people in terms of evidence and evidentiary burden. But the reality is that this has to be some kind of organized, orchestrated effort. And it is not going to end, in part because, as we often see, law enforcement has been a part of this. It is to their roots and origins as well. So the thought that individuals from the black community, as well as and the Jewish community are safe when it comes to these white nationalists, white supremacists. It's just, it's not the case whatsoever. And as much as people do have to fight and to persevere, my God, it just gets more difficult every day. But of course, that's exactly what they intend to happen to be the case. Yep, well said. All right, we got an update. Here's the update. White male who decided to harass a recent high school graduate has now been arrested. Here's the video. I have to fight the cops later because some Thanks, Budge. You're arguing. You're sitting here arguing with me because I'm trying to pay for my. You racist. You, 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 you Nobody's what acting you like a except for you. What are you going to do? 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 You're getting in my face like a. Call the cops. You're the one harassing me. You know what it's not a black person. A black person is a nice, respectful person. Someone who acts like a is someone who starts tripping out. I told you to stop being mean to him. So you sound like The young lady, a recent high school graduate, was actually defending someone else, and then the white male decided to turn against her. This happened in Canada. There's more to the story. He has, in fact, been arrested. Initially, when she sought law enforcement's help, they told her that because she got physical with him too, that she would likely have to go to jail. So it's best just to drop this is what they told her. Now we have an update. Due to the hate based nature of the incident, remember he was calling her the N word over and over again. The matter was assigned to a detective in the major crime section of our criminal investigative division who is specifically trained as a hate crime and hate bias slash hate motivated investigator. As a result of the investigation, the 31 year old man was charged with assault with a weapon, assault and causing a disturbance. He's been released on a promise to appear in court, which is routine. Initially, the police warned Miss Tamba, who's the victim, that she could face the charges. 
Black Lives Matter and the general public criticized the police for mishandling the situation. Police services were contacted and no progress was made. We remain firm on our stance that the police did not aim to serve or protect the black community. Even when incidents escalate to violence and especially when and especially when incidents escalate the violence, the police do not look out for or protect black bodies. This is not news to us. We cannot stress enough the importance of community care and keeping each other safe. Let's put up the guy's picture here. We got two of them now. So the police said they cannot yet release the man's name since the information has not been sworn in through the court process. Uh, but I can, I can release his name because I'm not in a court, okay? His name is Mark Bradley. Uh, we got his social media here. We got another picture of the screenshot. Uh, this racist individual by the name of Mark Bradley, uh, this racist individual uh, may face a little time, may face a little time. The racist nature of the crime will be taken into account according to the sentencing dynamics that exist in Canada through consultation with the Crown Attorney's Office. It has been determined that the charges were motivated by hate, the GSPS said. As hate motivated incident, as a hate motivated crime, this will be taken into account during sentencing within the court process. We will continue to work with Crown, with the Crown throughout this case while providing support to the survivor and their family. Now remember, what did the local popo say? They told her that she gotta go to jail. So if she pushes this anymore, their hands are tied. They may have to arrest her too. And she got scared, decided not to do anything. But because of you, because of people who said, this is not right, we're gonna share this, we wanna expose it. Because of organizations like Black Lives Matter in Canada, making this continue to stand the forefront. She's getting a semblance of justice. Adrian, thoughts on this case? You know, when you look at the Ontario population, when it comes to black people, you see that there are only about 4%, which tells you how small that group is. And interestingly enough, of African Canadians, almost 60% of them are located in Ontario. So it just tells you that it's such a small group. And for this woman to have stood up and to stuck her neck out to protect someone else, it makes me very grateful that others are now looking to protect her in terms of ensuring that this white man who attacked her is held accountable for his behavior. Because the thing is, is that we need people to step up to use their voice because we are going to continue to see law enforcement systems to continue to support forms of oppression, especially against marginalized groups and communities. And generally up there, it is an attack on the First Nations people, the indigenous. And so to see people rally around and uplift and to speak out against this attack on this black woman is such a powerful thing and we need more of it. Yeah, and she's a strong ally, she's a strong sister. Remember, this whole thing started because she was willing to stand up for someone else who was being assaulted by the same white male. So big ups to her courage, I'm thankful for her sacrifice and her intervention. All right, um, we gotta go to break, we got time, we got time, that's rare. Uh, this is interesting because you don't see this much. All right, we'll do it on the other side. All right, it's indisputable stick and stay.
there's a political candidate literally making commercials about killing Democrats and others. He has a long term friend who has decided to actually do an intervention. Let me take you to Eric Brighton's commercial, here it is. I'm Eric Brighton's Navy SEAL and today we're going rhino hunting. The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. Join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country. All right, this individual is running for political office again. Used to be a governor, had stepped down because of corruption. We're back. And everybody remembers when we first rolled on the scene. Well, I'm no career politician. I'm a Navy SEAL, and I'll take dead aim at politics as usual. Everyone also remembers that because I fought for you, they came after me. We're back, wiser, stronger, still fighting, and this time with an army of patriots. That was his second video that prompted his friend to do an intervention. Here's his friend. Eric, I know you must be in a dark place to think what you're doing is worth it. I've known you for most of my life, from our first day at Duke to the time at Oxford. I remember your excitement coming back from the Democratic Convention and what it meant to see America's first black president elected. I remember when you called to say you were running for governor. You had decided to do it as a Republican, but I figured a pro-choice, pro-gay marriage governor would be a win for Missouri. You asked me to donate $5,000. I didn't have it, but I took out a loan against my life insurance policy and mailed you a check. You asked if my mom, a lifelong Republican, could give as well. She did. Twice. Things have not gone as I expected. Eric, I want you to know that there are worse things in life than running for office honorably and losing. Trust me, I've done that. What you're doing now is not honorable, and it is not a reflection of the Eric I knew. Even if you do win, you're going to lose more than you can imagine by campaigning like this. You're called to hunt down Republicans who disagree with you? That's my mom, Eric. Just because she doesn't think the election was stolen, and let's be honest, you don't either, is not a reason to threaten her. Eric, what you're doing now is going to get someone killed. Do the right thing. Drop out. Focus on repairing the damage you have done and pray it's not too late. That's a real friend, his name is Ken Harbo. Uh, Mr. Harbo did this video to intervene, to provide context, clarity, maybe shake his friend back to a level of common sense. Mr. Harbo, your actions are honorable, sir. They will not work. Your friend is part of a cult, he has been programmed. He thinks that in order for him to obtain, retain and maintain power, He must be connected to the cult energy, but I respect your attempt. This was tweeted, his friend said, Ken Harbo said, I have known Eric for 30 years. He is a broken man who would do anything, including inciting violence to regain power. He's not the same person whose weddings I went to. Eric, drop out, try to repair the damage you have done to your family, your country, 
and yourself. We need more people like Ken willing to call out their own friends in order to make this country a better place. Adrian, thoughts? I, I do think it's very admirable for that friend to make that plea, and I'm sure they've tried privately and so going public, I completely and totally understand it. Um, you know, we do need more people like that who do care and show that they care about individuals who are sucked into this white supremacy propaganda mill. I do think that as a result of the rise uh, with the Trump administration and everything else, and then the pandemic, a lot of people got sucked into it. I've had a family member who I've lost to it, and it's a very, very scary thing. Um, and it's just a matter of other people using their voices to the best of their ability, but also we do have to put in the effort to shut down these propaganda mills because we can't have individuals out here who do have certain clout and power in our society uh, taking leadership positions when they've been indoctrinated with hate. Well said, all right, always a pleasure Attorney Lawrence having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Now uh, they can check me out on Rebel HQ, which is on Facebook and um, also on YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Adrian Law and Instagram at Adrian Lawrence. All right, and I want to say this, um, and this is out of context for the show. It's very tough, it's very tough being a truth teller. I had a conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago about his desire to want to be different, to want to have an impact, but he feels restricted by his job, that his job would not allow him to actually provide truth on social media or provide truth to a local community youth group. He's afraid because of the political imbalances that exist in his workplace. I get it, I don't besmirch anyone who has that dynamic and many, many do. But I highly encourage anyone, if you are in a position where you're not able to be authentically honest when lies are in front of you. If you're in a position where you cannot tell the truth because you're afraid that the people who sign your paycheck believe in lies, you may want to consider the position you have in life. All right, always remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable, I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today, but what do we do on this show? We tell the truth, you know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here, congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need healthcare, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop, and you won't stop either.